Welcome to Love Lighthouse Broadcast and the podcast and um, broadcast today is um a continuation um on with regards to the case and some of what I found from the um from the case has been added to this. You'll hear this towards the end. When I first started out with this, I was just going and running with a very visual evidence which I talk about how it just, that alone, it just blows everything else away. It just means that anything written down, anything typed up um, on any papers, in any court papers, means nothing without the other evidence. But this very real, raw evidence of Archie actually responding to instruction is a huge piece of evidence that really is um, being pinned to the top here, if you like, of all of our um, thoughts, I believe. If it is really true, if this is him, that's his screen, all the rest of it, that's going to stay with us, that piece of evidence, despite anything else that we may hear or that we may look into in terms of the papers later on. When I saw that, I knew that I had to run with this, regardless. But you will see that, you know, I am just getting the papers later on. I literally just like read through them last night again because they are nothing in comparison to that real evidence. But having a look at everything now, um, I also understand that there were other treatments that could have been inserted that could have been added there. And so, and we talk about that towards the end. Do listen in. Thank you. He is alive without a doubt. Welcome to Love Lighthouse podcast. This particular broadcast is for the child on life support, Archie Battersby, and for others, all others who may be going through anything like this now or in the future. This is really important. It's all about his treatment and it focuses on um, advancement rather as opposed to the opposite. Thanks for joining. Oh God, Give this little boy strength to breathe as he comes off um, his ventilator. Give him oxygen and the ability to breathe and the strength and the capacity to do so. If it be your will, God, and that all people surrounding him will have the capability to comprehend the type of plan that needs to be surrounding him in order for his success long term. Welcome to Love Lighthouse podcast and the broadcast um, with regards to um, the little boy on life support, Archie Battersby. Um, you get to hear that this is for um, all different people in these situations as well. Um, importantly, there are um, many pieces of evidence relating to the improvement of the little boy rather than the deterioration. There are two different points um, and it seems like in the past the medical team had been looking more towards the what-ifs of deterioration when that wasn't a realistic um, situation. The reality was that there were improvements or there are improvements. They may seem very small in comparison to what you expect as an adult who is functioning fully, but you can't compare yourself in this situation to what we need to see in terms of a little boy who's on life support and um, who is improving these types of incremental improvements, it may be small, 
are still available, they are still there and they are what need to be built upon. So I'm talking about that today. <clears throat> Welcome to Lovely House podcast. This broadcast is um, about the little boy that's been on um, the life support in England and his name is Archie Battersby. Um, so what I have found is that he has been grasping or showing a form of a reflex in some way which presents as him holding uh, his parent's hand. The fact that he's able to do that means that the central nervous system which controls this type of reflex, it's functioning. Otherwise, he wouldn't be able to have that reflex in the first place. Now, the point is the fact that he has that ability to, to function, that level of CNS, that means that he is definitely not brain dead. Otherwise, his CNS wouldn't be able to work or function in that way. He wouldn't be doing anything. He wouldn't be able to, to do that, to make that reflex, that grasp. So it's vitally important to understand this does mean that uh, he has the ability to regenerate and to build on his already existing uh, level that he is at. Um, if there is sign of life there, that means that regeneration is possible and further amount of time could prove this to be certainly the case. Um, I thought I would pop this on tonight and um, blessings as well as prayers with regards to the next step of his care and hopefully that continuing on with this kind of information and being present and being talked about more so. And the fact that there are areas of progress, it would be interesting to hear exactly what those are and for there to be some sort of a log um, in terms of an account of what's happening at each step of the way. What is the progress? What are these different steps apart from just that? But that is enough on its own to tell us that certainly the CNS is functioning, which means that he is indeed not brain stem dead. Um, it's vitally important and I will leave this here for now. So welcome back um, to this next part. I have also heard there is evidence available that he has expressed eye movement response. Um, again, not required when you have um, at least one piece of evidence, but this is another significant, a hugely, tremendously um, big piece of evidence that definitely tells us that he certainly isn't brain stem dead. And um, I've also found another um, surgeon's um, piece on this and why this 
term, which is something that I hadn't even heard, but why this term actually came into being in the first place. In any case, it shouldn't be that that we should be looking at. It should be the treatment of the child and um, moving past that and moving into recovery. Um, it seems certain that he is alive and therefore would be able to regenerate in terms of cells and ability. Um, recovery is certainly possible. He certainly is alive for sure. Um, all that we need is really that reflex which tells us that the central nervous system is functioning. But we also have other evidence coming to the fore that apparently is being presented to the court already that he actually has had I response. So all of this certainly means that the criteria for brain death or, you know, that strange term which has been um, put around there, well, it certainly doesn't exist with all of these pieces of evidence. So that's good. I think that we have more than enough expertise, as I say, love, care, attention, ability, um, time, money, and... Uh, resources to be able to deal with this in our country for sure there are so many um plenty of very successful outcomes um of similar and perhaps even worse scenarios in this so for sure there's definitely hope there um and definitely a strong possibility of his not only survival but certainly of a good outcome at the end I have um, someone who is an acquaintance of mine and he actually had a really bad brain injury with his work. It was so severe, he couldn't do anything, he wasn't responding to anything, he couldn't talk, nothing like that, he couldn't even move. Um, he's now able to get up, he moves around, um, he's able to talk, he can compose um, pieces of language, he texted me and the actual layout of the text is absolutely wonderful it's tremendous I was even having to watch my ability as well like when I was texting him back he's so good and that's after two years I mean it just shows you that anything is possible um even perhaps even better than you know the person actually was previously you know there is that possibility um of taking things to even more advanced levels than the person actually previously was at and certainly of course for this little child that's definitely a possibility since he was only 12. he definitely wouldn't have known what he was doing so he does require adult intervention and especially now more than ever so further evidence um shows as well this is really important um, it shows that Archie, <clears throat> obviously, if this is all presented, this is actually Archie, his um, breathing apparatus, um, his mum, his screen monitor, if all that's true. <clears throat> and there we have Wim Hof as well, the breathing exercises on in the background. That's being presented. Now, what I can see from that took me a little bit of a while to get used to the screen and what was actually being presented <clears throat> but you can see fairly soon um, there's this kind of like red orange uh, circle over on the right hand side of the screen and I believe if I'm right in saying that shows um, Archie's breathing what's actually happening there and his response is therefore to Wim Hof. You hear Wim Hof going over the breathing parts of it and that's fine but you know a court might assume from that that okay he's just breathing 
link he should be on his monitor. Um, it's showing that that's, you know, he's hooked up to a ventilator. He should obviously be breathing. And of course, it just happens to be that it's in alignment with Wim Hof's breath. Um, in and out instruction, they might just assume that. However, what is really significant and very important is the fact that there's a variation in the type of response that Archie gives. Um, this is so vitally important to the evidence because it then shows that it's not just a fluke. He's actually listening and responding to the instruction. And we get this from the, the part of Wim Hof's instruction where he says, and hold something to that effect or like, you know, and stop or, you know, and he actually stops at least for a little bit. And then, of course, I think his um, breathing apparatus maybe kicks in or his um, breathing does. In either case, you actually see him responding to it and that he is actually trying to follow the instruction where he even stops. So it's not a fluke because we can see that he's actually responding to the instruction, which is a variant or a change in the instruction. And, and that shows us that it isn't just uh, by chance that he happens to be breathing or his apparatus is breathing along at the same time. He actually stops in alignment with the instruction to stop and rest. So that is an amazing piece of evidence. Um, and for me, it's undeniable. I was asked a question by someone as to how would that be ignored? I honestly don't know why or how anyone could ignore that, apart from the fact there may be um, a difficulty in comprehending the evidence for some people. There may have been a difficulty in presenting it. It's been such a rushed, uh, it sounds very rushed in terms of how it had to be presented. So perhaps there wasn't enough time given to explain and express. For me, it's been very quick. I'm just very fortunate that way. Um. I honestly would think that it could only be part of um, the stress of the presentation or to the comprehension, how it was explained or how it was comprehended or not, um, and maybe the time given or lack thereof to look at the evidence, um, which is very clear to me, it's undeniable, but I'm looking at it um, you know, away from a court um, system and I'm looking at it... Um, also having knowledge of Wim Hof and the breathing exercise so you don't have to process as much as someone else might have to that doesn't have all of this experience or knowledge or of these different uh, things that are going on in the actual video. It might be a lot to take on for some of the judges. Again, that's all I can suggest from that, um, that it's a lot more to process. And we are talking about brain function and processing. So we have to have understanding for the differences of people's awareness and how it might have been presented. Again, um, it sounds like a lot of this being very quick would have to be put into the hands of not only judges very quickly, but also the presenting legal team very quickly. And a lot of that is about, you know, their knowledge and understanding as well, what's going on there. So that's all I can um, say from that. But for me, it's undeniable. So that's another great piece of evidence for sure. With regards to further treatment, um, you know, there are questions as to um, the easing and the easefulness um, of transition from life support to um, no life support where it shouldn't just be one to the other unless 
there's a huge possibility of his um, absolute success uh, in that period of time. But the questions are, what are the possibilities for continuing the same type of treatment? And one type of treatment which should be seen as an actual exercise of treatment is what we saw in terms of the evidence of the Wim Hof breathing exercises being utilised and Archie's response to those. So that in itself is a form of treatment. Could this be something that is continued on? And then eventually, what are the possibilities for success in terms of taking the child off life support for, I don't know, a short period of time? Is that doable? These things would need to be questioned and answered as to you know how relevant that is um, for a particular time after this treatment. Um, but I wouldn't think it would be something you would just do, um, would you? What are the possibilities? I think these are questions that need to be um, considered and need to be talked out with the medical team, with the parents, the family, um, but certainly that is a great form of treatment in and of itself. So could that be something that could be continued? Um, obviously, before just simply removing um, that uh, form of life support or, you know, what is the possibility there? So these are kind of questions that must be looked at now, I think. Ultimately, what is important in these times the kind of people that we need and that must be in these medical arenas, these life-saving arenas, these areas, these places and uh, parts of our society where children, babies, adults, people of all ages really need the most. We need people of faith, people of a creative mindset and the ability to run with that. Not a negative mindset that looks to the easy option out. These are not the people we need. We don't need depressing um, people that have um, depression or things like that setting forward um, the worst case scenario and that's what everyone goes on. That is not life-saving. That is not medical reform. That is that is the height of nonsense. That is the absolute antithesis of life-saving treatment. What is required are people that are mature, people that have the ability to take the risk for someone. The last thing that anyone wants when they are potentially on death's door or need all the help that they possibly can get from adult intervention. The last thing they need are people that are just concerned about saving face. What if it goes wrong and the humiliation they might feel? These immature people should have no part in medical science, no part in our hospitals, no part in medicine or the health profession whatsoever. These are not people that are ready for service. These are people that are exactly that, that shouldn't be in that level of service. They can't do it if they are only caring about how they look to others. What if they're humiliated? What if it goes wrong? The what ifs, rather than the faith and the here's what we can do with this, here are the different paths, here's what happens for success, here's what happens if not, here's the possibilities, here's what we can do in all of these cases, but we're going for this one, the one that's a successful route. 
that's what is required and that's what's needed for this case and all others like it. That's what's needed for this little boy and all other people in any situation like this. Um, yes, so welcome to this next section which I am adding on here um, with regards to Archie Battersby's treatment and um, the ventilation removal. I believe that obviously things like this uh, require a treatment plan. Miracles are possible though. Um, if Archie is to be taken off ventilation, he may well survive that. Um, but it really should be a setup for success in that these types of treatments he's clearly responding to, he's giving different responses, multiple responses, which show signs of life for sure. So he definitely can't be called brain dead. Therefore, the type of treatment, the type of um, behaviour that's required from the hospital, from the medical team is really different as opposed to someone that's not giving any of these responses. However, even a person not giving all these responses still deserves a really good treatment and um, a hopeful outcome in terms of, you know, you should always hope for the best. You should always be going for that success as opposed to just the easy route out. There should always be voting for success this person despite what signs are showing but the thing is the reality is here we actually do have a child that is showing definite signs of life those hand reflexes the ability to hold and to grasp a hand that's the central nervous system functioning that wouldn't happen if someone was brain dead the next of course is that we hear of eye um, movement, some sort of eye response. I don't have any evidence. I haven't seen any evidence of that, but it's not required. We already have one definite piece of evidence. The hugest piece of evidence that I have witnessed is that of the breathing, but not just the breathing, the fact that it was an instruction that was given from outside and he was able to follow that instruction. So he is reacting to outside stimuli outside stimulus in terms of Wim Hof, his voice telling him when to breathe and then actually this is one of the biggest points when to stop and to have a rest you actually see him override the entire ventilation system and he tries to actually hold his breath so we know that it's not just a fluke as I said that it hasn't just happened they're not just in alignment by chance he really is responding so he's definitely alive he definitely has the capacity, the capability to respond to that type of treatment. But one treatment and then a ventilator been switched off, again, miracles could happen. But really, what realistically needs to be in a plan is that it needs to be long term, there needs to be more um, opportunities, there needs to be uh, a hope of success in that if it is um, taken off, that means the ventilator taken off, then, you know, if he's not quite ready, if his muscles aren't quite built up yet, if he hasn't had enough of the exercise treatment, the breathing exercise treatment that is, then he may need to restart that. There may need to be um, these exercises to build his muscular capacity. Again, they may need to be rebuilt because what can happen is over a long period of time of just being on a ventilator, the muscles around the respiratory system can start to, you know, just not collapse, but they can 
you know, they're just um, taking advantage and therefore becoming weak if they're on a ventilator. So they need that intervention with a breathing technique to override the ventilator themselves, to build up the muscle, to build up the capability and their own response so they're truly ready when that ventilator is taken away. Otherwise, it could be really, really difficult. Um, <clears throat> however, you wouldn't want to do that on an office. It's understood that it's a careful plan. You can't keep doing that on and off, on and off. But it does need a careful plan towards success. So in any case, I've heard today, after also having looked at um, the different possibilities with a hospice and the hospital, I did find myself feeling really uh what I would say is like um turned off I'm just gonna be honest turned off with the idea of hospice because they don't really have the proper treatments available or they may not have and they may not have the specialist ability to deal with these situations which he really needs to have around him at this time if it was a long-term plan, for example, for sure, he definitely would need a hospital rather than a hospice that doesn't deal with the intervention or treatment plan to get better as such. Um, although it can stabilise and people can get better on their own, um, for such a patient of such a level of care required, they don't really have the capacity for that. Um, so it could be quite cruel indeed to to have him go into to that situation um, in many ways. It needs a stable, long-term plan and focus. Unless a miracle happens when the ventilation is taken off and unless they're prepared for that, I wouldn't just do that all of a sudden. I would perhaps do it but with the ability to put them back on ventilation and more chances at that breathing treatment. He really needs to build up his muscular capacity, his um, his strength in those uh, tissues, in that area of his body for him to be strong enough to breathe properly on his own. It's really important. It's kind of like exercises for that area. People don't think about it um, as much, but um, when we do the breathing techniques, it's actually like a health response. And yeah, it's really healthy to be able to to work the uh, resp respiratory system to a greater capacity, especially when people have been sitting in longer or are indoors in general, but perhaps with coronavirus and during that time of the pandemic, especially people sitting or doing um, jobs where they're maybe sitting on a seat or working um, behind a desk, that kind of thing. These types of exercises are even needed for them. This is so vitally important because they're not getting out doing what other people might do who have an outdoor type of uh, job or um, an outdoor type of project or something they're involved in there. It's very, very different. And so the level of their respiratory capacity is very different. So the breathing exercises are important for normal people, not just people that are on ventilators, but certainly when ventilation weaning um, is something that you would hope is an outcome, there needs to be a plan. 
and this is part of it. There needs to be that exercising of that respiratory system in order to get it ready and um, for the possibility of success. It should never be a plan for something cruel or non-success. It should always be a plan for how you would hope to be planned for in a way that's successful, in a way that encourages success and something of a good outcome. It'd be very strange to opt for not a good outcome. We would suggest that people like that might be suffering some mental incapacity, some depression. We can't have people like that making choices for people that really need to have healing in their lives. We need people of a good sound mind who will opt for the best outcomes. And that is the type that we require in this situation for certain. Welcome to Love Lighthouse podcast and the broadcast here. I'm building and adding to this because I think it's such an important case. Um, you will hear throughout that this is for Archie Battersby, but it's for all people of all ages. Um, no matter what your gender, colour, creed, this is for everybody that may be in a situation like this. But ultimately, this was for him. I was called into action um, to go ahead and look into this case. You're going to hear that there are parts that will be added on to this as I go and I find out more. I have since been able to look at the papers. I have since come up with from that my findings and then questions of three points um, of action in terms of treatment, uh, which I feel uh, didn't seem to be in evidence, but that could have been um, carried out in order for success for this child in question and for others out there as well. These particular treatments, one, the very first one is to place a weaning treatment plan to stop um, the use of ventilation. So towards the cessation of ventilation use because of how it can impact on the entire being of the person physically. Yes, it is something that will help to keep people alive. Um, if there's a possibility of them coming back to a greater level of life, um, it is a very positive thing. But it can also be to the detriment of the health and well-being of someone too. As you'll probably hear from or um, understand from the papers there from his case, now, I had no idea with regards to the evidence of the MRI and the CT scans, nothing of that. So I'm only just learning about that recently. This is because I was running with the very clear evidence, which was that of the video evidence. It's very visual, it's very clear, it's easy to understand, and it wipes away everything, anything or anything else there could possibly be. As long as that is true evidence, is definitely him, it's his screen monitor, it's um you know you know quite a bit of time after he's actually entered into the hospital um then that is a significant piece of evidence that tells us that he is alive because he does respond in it so he responds to instruction a child despite what anyone else says despite what any ct because then you could have cross ct scans you could have like a mix-up going on you could have anything you could have looking at something the wrong way 
when you have visual evidence of real life interaction and response, that blows everything else out of the water. You see, everything else goes away. So any other potential evidence wasn't as important to me because I was literally getting on that case much later on. I don't take part in every single piece of media or every single piece of news and I trust people to do what they're supposed to do. But I was called specifically to look at this at this point in time. So as I say, I was able to see um, from the papers what they had said with regards to the MRI scan and CT scans. I was also able to see that there was um, irrationality with regards to the judge looking for some sort of declaration of death pinning, pinning, pinning on that very obsessively and before there was even any evidence trying to come up with this um, statement um, seemed very obsessive and then the irrationality of then them going ahead to then talk about um, in their medical terms understanding this from this point of view that it's not the done thing in their system to go from one to the next which is to look at the best interests especially if they have declared or they're trying to pin the word dead onto someone um so very irrational type of um judgments going on behaviors callings that kind of thing um but all the while the main thing for me was that this video evidence existed and it is undeniable evidence now, of course, you hear that the child stopped breathing when the ventilation was switched off. That is likely to be the case if a proper treatment plan with that same type of treatment that we witnessed on the video, if that's not carried out over a long period of time, if there isn't this ongoing interactive interventional treatment plan in place, uh, you know, you can't expect there to be anything much unless there's going to be a miracle. Um, that can happen, of course, but there has to be the what ifs that doesn't that doesn't happen. Um, certainly with the fact that there was improvement there, there was a, an ability to respond shows that there is a likelihood for a course of action that would end up in success over a long period of time or over a long term improvement plan. But to just take off, obviously, um, that is a huge step to take. Um, that should never have happened. And without there being extra oxygen there and ventilation to go back on to, at least until every um, area of this investigation had been carried out fully, to um, the extent of which sovereignly, governmentally, they were able to say every option has been looked at here. Everything has been looked at and understood. Um, and it wasn't, so that should not have happened. As a result, you see a family that are really upset. They know that within themselves. There are so many people that know that within themselves, that this is not gone the right way. And that's why you must listen to sovereign, to your government, to God. In other words, that's what it is. That's what this is. When that happens, there's a good reason for that. They must be listened to and you can't just take those kind of procedures like that into your hands in that way and rebel against it. It's not going to turn out well at all, as you've seen. Um, we have um, looked in past different kind of pieces of evidence, talked about different things 
um, together. But the findings really are that there's no evidence of that treatment plan for the initiation of ventilation. There must also be a treatment plan with regards to weaning them off that ventilation that needs to be installed straight away. It needs to be looked at and needs to be figured out. An interactive plan, you don't just leave someone on a ventilator and then wait to declare them dead. There has to be intervention. That's what hospital is about. It's about healing, not dying. So there needs to be that level of treatment plan no matter what. There needs to be a plan for success no matter what. And then you try every course of action. There also needs to be the understanding that, of course, there are people that are going to be expressing um, links to God or new links to God in prayer, and that is brilliant. But if you have taken medical intervention in the form of ventilation, you're therefore taking things to a different step or stage, and that requires a lot of different processes. If you'd let the child um, die and didn't, you know, let them die naturally and didn't introduce mechanical ventilation, it would be a different story. But as soon as that intervention is placed on there, there needs to be a very set and careful plan, a methodical one that's put into practice because you're then taking that into your own hands. So you need to be ready to have that success route plan of then taking that off slowly in a way that will allow for success to the best of your possible ability. Um, the best potential outcome should be looked towards with regards to that. There are two other treatments um, based upon the evidence, the findings I have, which are that there seemed to be a blood flow kind of blockage um, with parts of his brain and the brain stem leading to the difference in interaction. But then again, even with that, we don't have clear evidence. It's just in writing that that's what happened to him. There's no evidence in terms of pictures of these actual scans represented, shown, talked about, nothing at all. But even if there was, even at that level, the entire video evidence would still blow all this out of the ballpark. It'd still kick it right out of the ballpark. It'd be just, you know, it just does. It doesn't make any difference anymore but they don't even have that. They have no pictures, they have nothing, no diagrams, nothing to, not diagrams rather, they have no like um, visual evidence with regards to the scans. That is not talked about. There's nothing there that we can see at all. Again, would mean nothing in comparison with the video evidence which we have seen. But with regards to that, even if that did definitely exist, then where therefore is any treatment with regards to the, the blockage because there can be treatment done to alleviate blockage. There can be exercises done. And with that, in accordance with um, a care plan, a treatment plan that would be interwoven into any medical treatment, that would work in tandem side by side, building up the strength again. Um, the neurological messaging backwards and forwards and the ongoing treatment of exercises, brain therapy, um, that breathing exercise is just one of them. So simple, so effective. That in alignment with also the medical intervention of any surgery or anything that you can do to possibly um, stop or reverse any kind of blockages, clear that away, that would be very effective. 
The third one is there was talk of brain swelling and the pressure there and how that obviously can result in what is called coning where um, parts of the brain will try to um, move through uh, and, and downward um, and then eventually you know that causes the entire functioning to be non-existent it just can't happen anymore um, and then all the neurological messaging just again that's it all over the window if that happens but to prevent that certainly there are ways to do so and there is something called now is it a craniectomy craniectomy I believe see craniectomy now that's the term that I found but I also see craniotomy as well Craniectomy is a similar to craniotomy, as both procedures involve removing a portion of the skull. The difference is that after a craniotomy, the bone is replaced, and after craniectomy, the bone is not immediately replaced. Okay, so one or the other. Mm. Okay, well, it depends. It depends whether or not the... The procedure, once carried out, has quite an immediate impact in terms of um, a change, perhaps. I mean, there's probably all different kind of variations to consider here with this. Um, but in any case, that is one of the potential treatments there that could have been done to stop that. These are very invasive. Again, we don't know what the thoughts of the family were. Perhaps it was just purely spiritual. They didn't want anything intense. Um, I could understand that the medical team would certainly have found this to be invasive. Um, and considering the trajectory of his behaviour, if it was indeed his behaviour that led to this, um, although he is just a child, perhaps they would see that as a trajectory along a course of action that he would have understood it certainly at some degree could happen. And then to reverse that, the level of suffering, they were maybe weighing all that up as well. Um, but these are very serious types of um, treatments that can be given. And so, you know, where is the discussion of carrying these out? where they discussed with the patient's family what happened. But the one, the vital one for me is the very one at the start because once you start to put in a weaning plan, um, a very active plan, then that alone with those exercises can be enough to alleviate these other two um, treatments from ever being required. Um, in other words, alleviate these symptoms from ever being produced. If you get the treatment plan initiated from the get-go, it can change the entire outlook. So that's what I'm really looking to. I want to find that. I'm looking for evidence of that. I want dates. I want to know what they did in terms of a treatment plan. And what I would say is, is that every single person that goes in needing ventilation should have that treatment plan set up from the get-go. Where is the weaning um, 
of this ventilation? How's it going to go? And what what are the brain exercises to prevent these situations from occurring? That is, um, blood flow blockages and also any swelling. What is going to happen? What is going to keep that brain active and alive as much as possible? Where's that treatment plan for success? That needs to happen, coinciding with like a weaning, an idea of weaning off eventually with obviously the realistic idea that there could be a really positive outcome or there might not be. But when that's in place and that's discussed with a patient's um, caregivers, it makes things all the more easy to understand and you know that you've given it the best shot. But right now, I'm just finding it very difficult to see what that best shot was, what the treatment plan was, in other words, from the get-go. Where's the treatment plan for weaning and brain exercises? In other words, those breathing exercises we witnessed and it seemed to work. Again, a big thing is, what about that evidence? Why has it been looked at? I really need to understand this. So, um, that's it. That's what's been happening. And um, as I say, I could say to these people, know the Lord, do this, do that. But it's not a matter of that. It's about living in that way, applying all of that. Again, it's not enough to say, well, it's a nice thought that someone might improve and come out of a... um, unconscious state or a course of ventilation it's not enough to just say that there has to be an active action plan it's the application of it that really counts in the real time in reality